Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Ushers, if, if you'd prepare to hand out the booklets that we have for this morning. If you're part of the flock note, you know that we're going to go over some, uh, a book that we put together about a year ago concerning the flow of the Holy Spirit in a corporate setting. And I want to, as the ushers are uh, handing those out, and you can, I think Heidi gave you instructions, so you know what to do. I'm not going to give any further. We'd ask that uh, each family at least take one. If both adults want to, they're welcome to. I think we have about 250 of them, which should be plenty. Praise the Lord. Let's see. Somebody just say with me, glory to God. You say, why is that necessary? The other, yesterday when we were up at the lake, I was, uh, I just said, praise the Lord, glory to God. And my, Kylie, my daughter, she goes, what are you praising him for? And I says, well, I said, well, I want to practice doing it all the time. Uh, I want to practice, uh, there it is, praise the Lord. I want to practice, uh, I want to practice and be obedient to that word that says, um, the scripture describes that we're to, we're to praise him at how many times? All times. Well, when is all times? Now, if you've gotten the book, don't read ahead. Stop it, you little stinkers. <laughs> You're going to fall. I, I got to lead you through it. So, so we have proper... Uh, proper uh, Understanding here. I'm going to go to Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 11. You know, we're a spirit-filled church around here. And people say, well, what does that mean? We believe that the Holy Spirit uh, not only comes into us when we're born again, that we, that's when our initial uh, uh, move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, He changes our insides. He comes and lives in us. And that's called being born again, Okay being born again, but we also believe that the Spirit of God is within, but the Spirit of God comes upon. So we believe in Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, we believe that uh, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is a second administration of grace by the Holy Spirit, that the evidence of that is speaking in other tongues. So you are, if you didn't know it, you're in a tongue-talking church. And uh, most people in here are filled with the Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And now if that makes you nervous, just relax. We won't hold you down and make you do it. So we just make it available. But we're a spirit-filled church, and along with that comes the gifts of the Spirit and the operations of the Spirit. And we're in a series right now entitled The Anointing. And this morning, if you're taking notes, and you might as well get ready to take some notes and write some scriptures down because I'm going to give you a few. And then we'll go through uh, the uh, booklet that we have. I am ever working, because I've been around spirit-filled churches for years, on ways to be able to help train people and, un and help people understand how to flow with the Holy Spirit in a corporate setting. So specifically today, we're going to talk about responding to the anointing, because we're in a series on the anointing, in a corporate setting. Now we defined the anointing last week, and I'm going to read through my introduction here. But what I want to do is really this morning capitalize on the truth of decency and order. Now, I've been in spirit-filled camp, the camp, the spirit-filled camp, as we call it, um, for about, uh, well, really, I was raised in it because I was raised at Faith Chapel. And whether you realize it or not, Faith Chapel is a four-square church, which is a Pentecostal denomination. Did you know that? All right. So most, most churches, now this is not, uh, uh, in fact, I'll just say this. I went to Rainbow Bible Training Center, and one of the books that we received, which I preach out of and I love it, is Foundations of Pentecostal Theology, which is a theology book from the four square. And it's a phenomenal book. I uh, youth pastored in the, in the Assemblies of God for a while, which is a spirit-filled denomination as well, very similar to, to the Foursquare. In fact, if you look into the doctrines of most spirit-filled, Pentecostal, whatever you want to call them, churches, you're going to find that the doctrines are all pretty much the same. 
There's, there's not a whole lot of difference. But what I've discovered through the years is the, um, you, you get, uh, Pastor Herb says this, and he's downstairs doing the kids, but uh, preaching to the kids, pastoring them. But uh, he says this, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditches. <laughs> Amen? And I found that when you get a group of people together, uh, and the anointing starts moving, you get different responses based on different, different upbringings. If you've got a good Lutheran in the church and the Spirit of God starts moving in a Spirit-filled church, they're going to grip the back of the chair in front of them. <laughs> but then I've been to some Pentecostal churches and it is Pentecostal mayhem. And I... I can't control everything, but I can give some guidelines for us to follow because I really sense this in my heart. In order for the Lord to do what he wants with us at Faith Family Church, we have to grow spiritually. How many would like more power turned up in your life? Let me say this. It doesn't come by fasting and praying. Greater levels of anointing come through spiritual maturity. Now, can fasting and praying be incorporated in that? Yes. But you know the primary place that spiritual mature, or, or, uh, uh, power increases from? Walking in the love of God. And the more we are aware of God, the more we are aware of ourselves, and the more that we are aware of others around us, the more we can cooperate with the anointing of God in a corporate setting and see greater and greater levels of manifestation of his power without fleshly distractions. So I will say this. One thing that I am committed to is I am committed to the fact that we are not going to put the Holy Spirit in a back room somewhere. So what do you mean by that? Well, I will say this. A lot of quote-unquote spirit-filled churches believe in doctrines on paper only. Amen. You, you can say amen or oh me, one or the other. Okay? It's the truth. But in an attempt sometimes for spirit-filled churches to kind of break out of that, they go all the way over into the other ditch, which is every service should just be whatever the spirit wants to do in the sense of we're just going to let her ride, boys. And I have seen some of the goofiest stuff you have ever seen in your life. Called the anointing, called the move of God, and it was nowhere near. It was flesh and the ignorance of man in operation. How many have enjoyed when the presence of God comes in and you can sense him all over you? Do you know that people in their thinking sometimes when they, when they experience that, they don't know how to respond? And so they come up with a way to? And it can be out of order. Amen? So we're going to deal with some of those things this morning, and I can tell by the looks on everybody's faces that you're in agreement with me. I'm not concerned about this at all. How many know our heart here is to go all the way in what God has for us? Amen? See, now I know of people in the, in the church here that uh, don't have a spirit-filled background. It's all new to them. Very new to Now they've experienced things prior to being in our church that are supernatural because they've always believed in the Lord or spectacular, maybe you might say, in nature because they've believed in the Lord for years. But there are people from all sorts of different denominational backgrounds sitting here right now. And so then I know other people that have been in the move of the Spirit or what we call Spirit-filled churches for a long time, I being in, in, included in one of those and the longer I've walked with the Lord, the longer I've experienced the move of God and the presence of God in different ways and sometimes in very unique ways, I've watched how spirit-filled people 
can get off the word and over into things that they shouldn't. And it actually ends up being flesh and familiar spirits. And then I've watched denominational people get, they're like, I, I, that was crazy. I don't know what just happened there. But I got to just stick with the word. And what they're saying is, what actually ends up happening is they go dry. That their relationship with the Lord becomes head knowledge or information about God rather than information with fellowship. Amen. How many are married in here? You're married. How many know that you're glad that your marriage is more than just a legal document? <laughs> Can you imagine if... Your understanding of marriage was, well, I have this document. Well, how do you know you're married? I have this paper. It says right here, Sean signed it. The state of Montana says it's okay. But there's no fellowship. There's no feeling. There's no experience. That's a problem. But that's what a lot of religion has. And sometimes in our desire as spirit-filled people to get away from that, we actually end up going too far the other direction because how many know that this word is exalted above all the gifts of the spirit? Come on now. Some of you are questioning me on that and you need to make sure you settle that in your life. This is more important than any prophetic word you've ever been given. This is more important than any vision, dream, experience, hot flash, cold flash, cried, didn't cried, laughed. I don't care, goosebumps, double parked, it doesn't matter to me. This is more important. And if this is not my foundation, my anchor the, in the spirit, I can get way off. Amen. And so this morning, I just want to read some scriptures here, and I want to, uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 11 says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Verse 12 says this, like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Isn't that a good word? So what do we want to do this morning? We want to speak things in a fitly, a fit way. Let me read this to you in the Amplified for all of those that need biblical uh, um, uh, proof to have a nose ring. <laughs> a word fitly spoken in due season is like apples of gold in the settings of fine silver. In other words, what's the picture that's being presented? A word that is spoken in a right season and a right tone is beautiful. You look at it, it's like a piece of jewelry. You look at it and you go, now that is nice. Okay? Now look at this, uh, verse 12. Like an earring or a... A what? A nose ring of gold. <laughs> there you go, you little nose ringers. All right. <laughs> or an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to an ear that listens and obeys. See, a submissive, obedient believer will hear the word of God and go, yes, Lord, thank you. Oh, so what is an earring or a nose ring? What is the idea here? It's a beautifying factor. In other words, the proper words at the proper time, they do what? They enhance the looks. They enhance the presentation. How many know the scripture says that you're therefore to put on the Lord Jesus? You're to make no provision for the flesh and what? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Instruction is a beautiful thing. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Proverbs 15, 23 in the Amplified says, A man has joy in making an apt answer, and a word spoken at the right moment, how good it is. Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 4 and 5 says this, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak. 
a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away from that word. I, in the Amplified, it says it, it says it this way. The servant of God says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of a disciple and of one who is taught that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as a disciple, as one who is taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I have not been rebellious or turned backward. Now we're looking at two scriptures concerning the anointing. One is in Isaiah chapter 10, verse number 27. And the last part of that verse says this, it is, uh, it's the anointing, or it says this, the very last part says, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. How many of you know the anointing comes through words? First John chapter two, verse number 20, another verse we're looking at. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Does that sound like Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 4? In other words, you have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit yourself. We talked about and gave definition to what the anointing is. The anointing is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within the believer and upon the believer. We looked at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. And we talked about the anointing oil, the ointment being represented as the anointing, but specifically the anointing is the power of God. It is the hand of the Lord that comes upon an individual, or in our case, both upon and within, or the Holy Spirit, when we're born again under the new covenant. So you have an anointing within you, and you actually have an anointing upon you. And people sometimes say, well, I've never known about the anointing upon me. That's because at times, many in the church have thought that the anointing upon was just the preacher. They didn't realize that the anointing upon includes the nurses, the doctors, the lawyers, the contractors, the moms, the dads, the the everybody that is born again. And people say, well, I just don't know where my anointing is. I, don't, I haven't sensed that. Then you need to get with God. Well, I'm going to go to another service and, and get a prophetic word. You need to stop that and get with God. Well, the, 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 the prophetic is, is, is viable, it's, it's vital. Yes, I totally agree with you, in its place. But there is no greater prophetic word in your life than the Spirit of God within you. And any prophet or prophetess that would tell you different, run away now. Don't listen to them. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So we saw that Samuel anointed David. He poured oil on him. And it says this, that the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. In other words, the spirit upon. We see in Luke chapter 4, verse number 18, Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So what does the anointing do? It deals with poverty issues. It deals with the brokenhearted. It proclaims liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. It sets at liberty those that are oppressed. The Lord has not left us powerless in this life. He has provided supernatural ability for the individual believer and for the corporate body of Christ to grow spiritually and to fulfill the great commission. The anointing is the operational power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we continue in this series, we're going to look at how the anointing operates in the earth. We're going to look at, specifically this morning, we're going to look at how we as believers are to cooperate with the anointing. In addition to teaching from the scriptures, we are going to have demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. According to the scriptures, the idea of knowledge is not just information, but also application. Church is a place of learning so that when the Holy Spirit prompts you in the anointing to minister outside these walls, you are ready and bold through knowledge to act. The anointing is the power of God, and when the power of God comes in contact with people, it can stir all kinds of responses from them. 
As a church, we want to learn to respond in line with the Word of God and the Spirit of God while monitoring our emotions and enslaving our flesh to righteousness. Glory to God. The Lord had said this to me concerning our church. He said, I desire that Faith Family Church walks consistently by faith and also enjoys frequent saturations from the Holy Spirit while maintaining emotional stability through spiritual maturity. So this morning, we're going to talk about and go and look at this mini book called Flowing with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 26 through 40. And I'm not going to comment on the contradictory verses, the, one that cause, the ones that stir up uh, all sorts of emotions in different denominations this morning. So we'll have to talk about that another time. But there's some specific passages that I want to look at before we go to our book. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 26 says this, and specifically the title given by man to this chapter, and this section of the chapter, is order in church meetings. Remember, we're talking about responding to the anointing in a corporate setting. Verse 26 says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation? Let all things be done for edification. How many know that if we all try to give a tongue at once, there will be no edification? Now, I want to back up just a little bit here and, and just point this out. Why, when they come together, would everybody have a psalm, have a teaching, have a tongue, have a revelation, and have an interpretation? Why would that happen? Because the body of believers were fellowshipping with the Lord during the week. And I'm going to make a statement that is going to offend some, so get ready. But as a pastor, I find that it is my job to do these things. <laughs> but I must stand in the grace. I will not be disgraced. Paul specifically here is not talking about even though it can come through there can be a nudging to you from an office that, is, that you get ministry from. In other words, I'll put it to you like this. You have a minister that you listen to or ministers that you listen to outside of this church that God has planted you in, if God's planted you here. God, Paul is not saying here you come and regurgitate your favorite prophet. See, I have something in me. Do you know I didn't want to move back to Billings? I was at Rama. I, I left here. I got saved here in 1996. I, I joined a, a, a church that, where I went to church camp with them. I served under a youth pastor who was a graduate of Rama, and I knew I was called to the ministry. You say, how do you know? Because the Lord appear, uh, showed me in dreams. So I knew I was called to the ministry. So I left. I went to Ramah because I thought, I felt like that's where God wanted me to go. And when I got down there, I, you know, you're receiving teaching. You're in Bible college. You're doing all that. And, I, uh, and then I came back because, you know, I, uh, over the summer, I had to marry Heidi and take her back so we could be legal. Okay. And she gets done. And I had offers to go other places. We did. A couple other places. One to Canada. Some people are like, thank God you didn't go there. If I was called there, I'd go there. And I'd be graced there and I'd be anointed there and I'd kick the devil's butt there. Amen. By the grace of God, amen. I had an offer to go to Michigan. And these were paid offers. Not no, these were, one of them was a salary offer. You'd be on staff right away. And the Lord said, nope, you can't go there and you can't go there. And I'm like, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? Well, we, got, we were helping with the youth department at that time. We were getting ready to go to camp, to youth camp. And uh, in that process, we're, Heidi and I and uh, Dan and Erica were praying in our apartment. I don't even know if it was ours or theirs. But we were supposed to be praying for the youth camp, and I couldn't get billings off my heart. 
And I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm praying in English, and I'm praying for the Lord minister to the youth kids, and all I hear is billings, 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 billings. And the Lord, finally, I just yielded to it, and I started praying out in other tongues in this. There was about four of us. If you, if you count the cat they had, there were five. And we're praying, and that cat, we cast the devil out of that cat. Yeah, I know, it was good. Um, the spirit of Antichrist was in that cat. And I'm praying in the spirit, and I and all I can, and all of a sudden the Lord says to me, He says, Sean, I want a hub in Billings. And I went, Lord, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not a pastor. I know what I am. I'm a traveling guy. It turns out God knows me better than me. And so we moved back to Billings. And then the Lord took us through a series of events to where we are today in growing and developing us and training us. And I will say this, we moved back in 2003. We didn't start this church until 2014. It took 11 years, two years of Bible college, a year of serving in the church. So it took a total of what? You do the math. 11 plus 2 is... 13 plus 1 is 14 years, right? Ooh, 14 years. How about that? Anyway, to get to where we are right now, and now to where we started this ministry, and now we've been going almost nine years in this ministry, and we're about to go into another level, and I'm stepping into another place in my call. And in that place, in this process, what I've actually done is, I, at times in my desire to help people grow, I actually allowed things that I shouldn't. Because I didn't want to be a dictator. But how many know this, that the Lord doesn't give positions of authority to, for them to be abandoned? So this is what happened with Ahab and Jezebel. Do you know why Jezebel was able to do what she did to the church or to the children of Israel at that time? Because Ahab was a weak leader. He was insecure and soft. He let Jezebel in and work while Ahab received, people knew it was Jezebel, Ahab was making decisions based on the influence of the demonic. And he was in the position that God had established. Now, this is going on in government and all sorts of places, so we could go a lot of different directions with this, but we're not. What I'm here to tell you this morning is this. I'm not going to be Ahab. I will not. It will not happen. I don't care if it hair lips the devil and makes everybody mad. It doesn't matter to me. Because Jesus had this principle within him. And it's in, it's in John chapter 8, verse number 29, I believe it is. But he said this, I only do those things that please my Father. And I realized and recognized this because I've, been, I've watched it happen through the years. I've watched dads not take the position they're supposed to with their kids. And out of a, a, a soulish or an emotional love, they actually reject the written word of God. And they end up letting an antichrist spirit begin to influence in their own world. I've watched moms do the same thing. I've watched business owners do the same thing. And I couldn't put my finger on it. What is it? Well, God has established people in leadership positions all over. He is the one who established the order of the home. It's an authority structure. And sometimes people say, well, I'm a single mom. What am I supposed to do? Jesus is your husband. Follow his word. And I began to see that if I don't, and I know this is turning into a little bit of a confession here, but that's okay, I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to put this out here. I have a desire, and I know that there's a next level coming for this church. I have seen in the spirit at times what God wants to do. And what he is doing is he's establishing his order within this church continually. It's a process that takes place. Titus chapter 1, verse number 5 talks about it. If you read it in the Amplified, you'll see more of what I'm talking about if you want to write that down and look at it later. But I'm telling you right now, the longer you walk with the Lord, 
The longer you know him, the more that he will, he, he will place responsibility on you individually to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. And so for me, I know there's another level that's coming. And in that level, if there is not order in the house, the enemy will run roughshod. Well, guess what? I hate that guy. I love people, but I hate the enemy. And how many know this? We all have to stand before the Lord one day. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, let me say this. It's not, it's not a heaven or hell issue. I'm saved. But it is an obedience issue. And the works that I do in this life are going to be before him. And fire is hitting them whether I want them to or not. Whether I want it to or not. And people say, well, this is a little heavy. Actually, it's just biblical. I told the Lord, and the Lord said to me years ago, he said this. He said, I wanted to quit ministry. This was in 2000 and nine, 2010, somewhere there, nine, ten. I was like, Lord, I am done with this. I wasn't done with God, but how many know the ministry would be great if it wasn't for all of us people? <laughs> I, I say that sarcastically, you know, I'm just... <laughs> Since beginning, who has been screwing things up? <laughs> People. <laughs> it's amazing God's mercy for us and love for us. Amen? I said, Lord, I, I, I don't want to... You know, I, I'm irritated. See, I just talk to God plain because he already sees anyway. <laughs> So I went, I actually told Heidi was going to bed and I went downstairs in, in our basement and I sat down in a chair and you know, I'm going to pray this through, but really I was just frustrated. So I said, Lord, I'm mad. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to bed. And that was my prayer. And then I went to bed and I woke up the next morning, do my devotion. Why? Because I love the Lord. Just because I'm mad doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. I started reading and doing my devotion time, had my journal there, praying, and the Lord speaks to me. And he says, Sean, if you quit, you'll make heaven. I thought, phew. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Probably made it early. But he said, if you stay, you'll make heaven a part of earth. I said, I'll take the second. And when he said that to me, power went into me. A transformation took place in my soul. And I realized, Lord, what are you asking of me? And over these years, it's just progressed and progressed and grown. We're in 2023 now, and that was 2029. And we've experienced the glory of God in this building. Healings. Little girl's eyes completely healed. Skin cancer healed. Tim, raise your hand. Prostate numbers dropped that were cancerous. And the doctor said that it would get worse, not get better. And it reversed because we serve a God who reverses what the enemy. There's, there's other, there's testimonies that we haven't even got to yet sitting in this room where God has done such miraculous things. Deliverance from drug addiction. I mean, powerful things. Well, guess what I want? I want it to increase. So let's read through this, and you can take this home with you. But I need to say this with that. I know in my heart, my flesh doesn't necessarily want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I know in my heart that I'm to lead. That doesn't mean I'm going to become a dictator and tell everybody what to do, but it does mean 
And you jotted down 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 40. In verse 40, it says, let all things be done decently and in order. It does mean that there is leadership in this church and we are going to have structure. Now, we may have services at times where we're coming together to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I've set some, we've, we've written some guidelines here for this. And we're still going to be open to the Spirit of God moving on Sunday mornings in that transition time. But I need more structure in it. We can't have a church service going in nine different directions as a corporate gathering. We have to keep it unified. And that means at times that people are not going to be able to do what they feel like they wanted to do. I have been in church services, spirit-filled church services, where I'm a leader in that service, where I have been told by the leader, Pastor Larry Phelan specifically, if you have anything, let me know and I'll let you share it. In other words, I have an open door to go anytime. Even then... I wait for him to call on me. There are times that I've been given, the Lord would give me a prophetic word in a service and I delivered it two years later. And sometimes people think, well, the Lord moved on you. You, sh you have to give it right then. That's not true. The scripture doesn't even say that. The scripture says, actually, if there are prophets in a room and one receives something, but three have already shared, that the last one should just keep silent. Amen. See, we need this structure because we're going to have authority and we're going to have structure in it. So I am going to lead in these things continually. And I want to say this. I apologize for not doing it sooner. Some of it was just ignorance on my part. I didn't know how yet. Like I've had people say to me, and I had a conversation uh, today about this, um, and I've talked many times about it. When are we going to go to two services? Whenever the Lord says... I have no answer. I could come up with a whole bunch of natural things, but I know what the Lord's waiting on. So are you ready? The Lord is waiting on the disciples. Why would I bring in another 150 people if there are those that are refusing to get involved where the Lord has told them to? Why, so I can work the staff to their bones? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have structure and order. And we're going to do it right, amen? So, uh, you can read through this. If you, the first page is the love of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Um, then it talks about the guidelines for operating in the gifts. Then we talk about 1 Corinthians 12 that it talks about the spiritual gifts and what they're for. You can read through this. You don't need me to. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, 14, 1, talking about order, talking about pursuing love, desiring spiritual gifts. Do you know you're not supposed to pursue spiritual gifts? You're supposed to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So in operations of the gifts, we see in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 40, which I just read, all right, let's go to the next page and we'll wrap these up right here. Number one, these are practical guidelines for operating the gifts in liberty and in order. Whenever you're operating or the Spirit of God is moving and the anointing is moving, we want to exalt Jesus, not ourselves. Under that, you have A which says this. Now, how many know this is going to take, we're going to have to walk this out. But are we willing to do it? See, I'm willing to go and I'm going. So I hope you're willing with us. Drawing attention to yourself with various demonstrations and manifestations of the gift, gifts is not appropriate. Okay? What do you mean by that? Don't make it about a show about you. The gifts are given for the edification of the body, not so everybody knows you got one. Amen. Whew. I can, this is going to really help us. I can just sense it. 
make sure that the prophetic word that you're sharing lines up with the written word of God. I have heard the weirdest prophetic words. And people, people that like the over-spiritual and they don't like the written word, they, it's almost like they try to outdo themselves. It turns into a competition. Who can be the most weird? That's the most spiritual. No. No. Verse, or verse three. <laughs> Ooh, no, nah, that came out wrong. <laughs> Number three, every prophecy or public manifestation or demonstration of the gifts will be judged in the light of the word by church leadership, and you're, gonna ju- you're all judging them anyway. <laughs> and if you're not, stop it. Start doing it. <laughs> you should be. In accordance with 1 Corinthians 14.29 and 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Number four, do not share a prophetic utterance publicly unless you can receive correction without taking it as personal rejection. This is a huge one in the spirit-filled camp. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have the Spirit, too. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit is leading you to do that. To boo and get defensive. No, he's not. That's spiritual immaturity. It's carnality and fleshiness. Amen. I'm so glad we're ready to hear this. you got to understand, our heart here is not to control things. We want to grow. And I don't want to cap God. I want to see the glory of God manifest as we know it's available and, 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 and uh, uh, as we've read in the book of Acts where, man... The power of God flowing. I want to see the power of God flow through each and every person here to such a degree that you're walking, getting groceries, and you walk by somebody and your shadow hits them, and bam, they're healed. Amen. In the event correction becomes necessary, someone in leadership will contact you privately. We prefer to avoid public correction. Number five, make love and edifying others your primary goal in operating in spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 12. No public correction of individuals through prophecy is allowed. In other words, when the Spirit of God's moving and it's time to give a prophetic word, it's not time for you to get up and correct somebody that you're mad at in the church. We haven't had that, but, you know, you got to put it in there. Number seven, the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to build up the body of Christ. Although we desire that every believer operate and develop in these gifts, we do recognize that mistakes will be made. We ask that those who sense they have a personal word for someone in the body to be very diligent to make sure it is from the Lord and that it is delivered in love and in a timely manner. In other words, don't make it a public spectacle. Sometimes people think the more somebody snots and cries while they're giving them a word, the more powerful it is. That is not true. That is just snot and crying. There is no scripture in the Bible that says the anointing came as snot and crying. I know some people thought it was the ointment, but it's not. We're not going around rubbing that on people. (laughs) You say you have to say that, yes, because there needs to be a time where we take these things individually, go to our own prayer closet and go, Lord, begin to talk to me, please, about this. And allow him to speak to you, amen? Number, or, or B, under number seven, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your surroundings. In other words, is this an appropriate time for this? Is this the appropriate time to even give the word, or is the Lord telling me to pray about this for this person? Amen. Now watch. You may look, there are spirit-filled people that look at these, and I know we're going a little over, but I need to get this done. There are spirit-filled people that look at guidelines as restrictions in the sense of they're stopping the move of the spirit, and that's not true. We're actually going to increase it. Now, it takes faith, especially if you've been used to operating a particular way that basically is kind of just chaotic. It takes faith to develop in this. But if you will hold the ground, 
The gifts that are within individuals within the church, and I'm aware of them. I know there are things that I know in the spirit that I have specific that I have words from the Lord as a pastor for people in this body, and don't just think you know who they are because you don't. You know, people say, Well, yeah, it's Pastor Josh, it's Rick, you know, it's Ryan. Ryan gets up and gives words, so it's him. No, no, no. There are others that you're sitting there coy, and I know. But I'm waiting on the Lord. You say, you can wait? I've waited for years. Well, we'll forget. You don't understand. It's not in here. It's in here. I can't forget it, even if I wanted to. It's there. So be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of timing. Always tell the individual to take the word given before the Lord in prayer and inform them that you could miss it. Well, that's not faith, Sean. Yes, it is. Because guess what? We can all miss it. (laughs) God is perfect. People say the gifts are perfect. Yes, but who's he flowing through? Last time I checked, I still need renewal of the mind. So always tell the individual, mature believers, number D, or number D, letter D, mature believers' first priority in these things must be to protect new people, guests, and believers who are young in the Lord. If you're gifted in an area, a new person is not your opportunity to try out your gift. Amen? (laughs) I heard a few chuckles on that one, so people must have experienced this. Hopefully not here. Mature believers aren't looking for accolades. They're looking to edify. E, all people who give personal words or prophecies will be held accountable for their words and and or actions. Leadership will confront those whose prophecies or words bring confusion and mess up people's lives. Amen. Especially those that are babies in the Lord or new attendees. Well, I don't want that in a church. Well, maybe I'm not for you. But I have to stand before the Lord one day. And I know I'm surrounded by a large majority of people here that just want what God wants, whether they're at the forefront of it or not. For those receiving a word, judge it. So if you've received a prophetic word from somebody, judge it. Don't just judge it. Again, I got to go back to this. Don't just judge it by what you felt, don't just judge it by your emotions. Don't just judge it by what you think in your own mind. Don't just judge it by what the person says it is. Take it back to the word of God. Judge it there. Take it back to your own prayer closet. If you've ever received, I've had people come up to me and go, oh, I see you're left-handed. Because I'm left-handed. Yeah, the Lord is really using left-handed people right now. And they proceeded to give me a prophetic word about left-handed people. Now, I get it. If we're learning, we're growing, right? We're... Now, I was not in a place with this particular person where I could bring correction. But if you bring correction to somebody and they start going, you... no, you can't do it, and they just get, well, then you know there's no sense. Some people have, <laughs> I've had people come, can I pray for you? And I go like this. Sure. I'm closing one eye for for those of you who. (laughs) The Bible says watch and pray. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Give me that word. We had a, when I was in Bible school, you know, you want to get, if you want to be in the hotbed of over-spirituality, go to Bible college. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, man. We have, there was a guy, one of our teachers shared about a guy that had a word for everybody. All the teachers, all the instructors, everybody. And he'd just go around, 
and, and he got a hold of one of the instructors who was also a pastor on staff. And he said, I have a word for you, brother. And he goes, oh, okay. You know, he stood there and, and he puts his arm on his shoulder and he did that. He closed one eye. The, the uh, Pastor Billy Joe Watts, he closed one eye and he, you know, and the guy closed his eyes and he, shucklebuck, shucklebuck. You know, he starts, he's making, he's saying, he was praying in tongues, you know. So he, thus saith the Lord, thou art anointed and called. Well, duh. He's a teacher at Ramah. He's a pastor on staff. That was not a word from the Lord. The guy said, well, just take that. If it's the Lord, keep it. If it's not, throw it out. And he said, I'll throw it out. And he walked on. And guess what? That was the word that man needed to hear. Because he's off. Not because the pastor's mad. He needs to get corrected and get in line. That gift may be legit. You know what I mean by that? It may be legitimate, but it needs to be trained and developed. Amen? Number eight, do not speak publicly in a message in tongues without using your faith to interpret, either you or someone else. Judy, do you want to come? And Mike Hill, will you come, please? Either you or someone else. All public tongues and prophecies will be delivered from the front so that everyone has the opportunity to hear and participate. Number nine, do not dominate the floor. You can come stand up next to me if you want, Mike. I have a tongue. We're going we're gonna to do this. Uh, number, number nine, do not dominate the floor. Stand up, speak up, and step down. Once three have shared, be... We will move on in the service. Specifically, that's for Sunday mornings. Because the purpose of Sunday mornings isn't just to, you know, there are times maybe where the Spirit of God will move the whole time and we've had that, but mostly it's for the teaching and instruction in the Word. Uh, it says this, once three have shared, we will move on in the service. The rest keep silent. But if anything, Heidi, you want to come up too? But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let him first keep silent. All right, so keep silent. Ver, uh, number C, or letter C, sorry, I keep doing that. When releasing one of the vocal gifts, do not give a testimony or attempt to teach. In other words, this isn't your opportunity to, uh, when we're transitioning and things, it's not an opportunity to teach. If you want an opportunity to teach, we'll know, and the Lord, we give opportunity for that. Number 10. Submit what you have to leadership and trust them with the timing and appropriateness of the release of the gift. A, submit what you have to the assigned gatekeeper at the front of the church. Josh, raise your hand. All right, during transition, Rick, you can raise your hand. During transition from now on, during worship and stuff like that. Now, we didn't have this set up before, but we're setting it up now. Uh, we often, I'll give it or I'll have a sense, maybe God has a prophetic word. So, like I had a sense, Ryan came up and shared that word last week. I had a sense about that. What you're going to do is come up and these two will be gatekeepers sitting right here. And they will hear what you have to say and I'll communicate with them and we'll know by the Spirit of God whether it's appropriate or not. I'll know within me already. But we want to do it that way just to keep it. How many were here this Sunday? I opened my eyes after praying, praying and there was a guy standing right next to me. Oh my gosh, I about came out of my skin. Because I had no clue. He must have been wearing moccasins that day. Because he came up. I mean, he was ninja. You know what I mean by that? He, I did, and I'm like, I'm praying away. And all of a sudden I opened my eyes and boom. Like, he didn't even stand over here. He was, you know. That one came out of that situation right there. <laughs> now, I know the majority in here are going, this isn't going to be a problem for me because I'm never going to do this. But I have a word for you. You may. And you need to be open to See, that's the other side. Where people get afraid and you're letting fear dominate. You don't do that. Keep coming. Keep, keep uh, following the Lord. Amen. All right, once you have submitted your word or leading from the Lord, the responsibility is now in the leadership to determine if it is released or not. Trust the Lord and the leaders with, with this now. It is no longer your responsibility to bring this forward. So you won't be held accountable for it. If you did what you were supposed to and we missed it, guess who will be held accountable? I will be. And I'm willing. That's part of my responsibility as the pastor. Number 11, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You will make mistakes. 
but that will not stop the move of the Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit. B, what grieves the Spirit is when we hold back what He is trying to say or do through us. Number 12, follow the guidelines that Faith Family Church has set up in submission to the leadership that God has placed, and we will grow in operation of the gifts of the Spirit as He wills. And then it explains what a gatekeeper is. Um, I want to just hit one more thing there at the very end. Do you see that? We ask that. Do not yell out a word from your seat. And do not what? Rush the stage. Please. You know, I've had people come in and they, they're like, I have a word. And I've watched even live streams sometimes in, in other, of other churches. And, or, you know, where they're videoing and recording things. And you'll have somebody in the very back hollering some word in the back of a church. I don't like that. Here's the reason why. One, it it ta- it shifts, uh, it, it pulls from the lead in the service. But the main reason why is nobody can really hear except for the four people that are around that person. Then if we go and we're recording it and putting it online, nobody can hear that. In other words, there's no discipline or structure to it. And if the gifts of the Spirit are for the edification of the body, is that going to edify everybody? No. There's a reason why we have the flow that we do and the operation that we do. Now, I need to address this, and I'm going to, and then we'll, I have a tongue, and we'll see who gets what. You say, why did you bring them up? Because they both interpret. People say, is there an interpreter in the house? I be one, they be one. And there's others. But let me say this. First of all, I apologize. I should have dealt with this a while ago, and I didn't. And I got in trouble. People say, from who? From the Lord. Part of the trouble that I got into is in a fake humility, I tried not to step into things that God has told me to because I feared what people would think of me. And it is exactly what Rick was talking about this morning. Because people in here or people have known me for years and they know my past. And so in a attempt to try and be spiritual, I actually became less spiritual. And I actually let the voices of others around me influence me into disobedience to the grace that's been put on me. And I was doing it in a sense from a, like an, like an ignorance or like a, 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 I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. I just know I did it. <laughs> and it's disappointing that I did that for me. <laughs> but I know the Lord wants more. And I know part of the purposes for this church is actually I'm called to demonstrate the Spirit. So Hunter, is Hunter in here or is she downstairs? She in here? Hunter, okay. She, I, you, you can stay there. I just want to have a witness. Just, just lift your hand. She got nervous. She's like, oh, phew, phew, he's not going to call me up. <laughs> sweet, sweet. She said, when, we were at, when she was at camp, I laid hands on all the high school and junior hires. I mean, the power of God will come and it just, bam. And there's no... There's no words that can, can do what the impartation of the Spirit does. And at times I've held back from that, but I'm not going to anymore. And the reason why I did it was because I, I, I had a, this false, I don't want to draw attention to myself, da, 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 but at the same time I'm disobeying God. Well, it's going to change. I'm going to lead the way I'm supposed to lead. I've led to a degree to this point, but how many are thankful that we all get to grow up? (laughs) And how many know this? I have to grow up. You can say amen to that. Josh is doing it. He knows me. I need to grow up. So please pray for me. I asked you to pray for me. I didn't call me, but God did. And I better do what he's called me to do with it. (sighs) 
I, uh, Brother Hagen shared a testimony from his life. The Lord appeared to him. The Lord put his fingers in the palm of each of Brother Hagen's hands. And he said, I've called you and anointed you with a special healing anointing. And I want you to operate in this anointing. And uh, Brother Hagen was scared to do it because it wasn't common among the group that he was in. And he hid, on, he hid that for two years. One day they were at a meeting and he walked into his hotel room with his wife and he fell across the bed. And his wife goes, what's wrong? He goes, I don't know, I'm sick big. He actually said, I'm sick as big as a horse. And he goes, that scared my wife because I never, he goes, I never said I was sick. He said, I hadn't been sick once from the time that I was healed when I was 16 years old. And he was healed of an incurable blood disease and a deformed heart. They committed him to death. Mayo Clinic committed him to death at the age of 16. And God healed him supernaturally through faith. And he fell across the bed and the Lord, and he said, Lord, what is this? And he said, you never did with what I told you, that healing anointing. And now you've opened the door to the enemy. You see what I'm saying here with me? I'm shutting the door and I'm going on. I hope you all go with me. I hope you do. Uh, you know, I, I can't control that, but at, in faith, you have to walk on the water. And, and so you want to know the rest of the story about Brother Hagin, don't you? But he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, put your own hands on yourself. And when he did, that glow went all the way through his body and he was completely healed. And people say, well, did the Lord do that? No, the Lord gave him the healing anointing. His disobedience did that. Come on, do this right now. Put your hands on your chest. Say, I will obey. Do you sense that? Come on, obey him. I want to obey. I'm going to obey him. You obey him. So who has what? Do you have anything? You do? Okay, go ahead. If you got something. You can come over here. I'll let you stand next to me. <laughs> is it on? Now it is okay. So I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying something, and this is what He's saying. You all know, you may not know this, but you're vessels, okay? You're made by God. He called us clay. This word right now this is what happens see the Lord is the potter and we are the clay many of us have been starting to form ourselves form ourselves into an image that we have the Spirit of the Lord wants to be released in our midst that spirit will soften that clay and allow you to be formed into the image that Christ has for you. You are not the God of your life. Allow him into your life. Let his spirit saturate you and don't rebuke the creator, the potter, as he forms you. These are corrective things, but in the hand of the potter, the correction will be to your glorification as he uses you. You are released to take on the Spirit of God into your vessel. Yes. Yes, amen. Do you have anything? Go ahead. Yep. Brushke de de vasa. 
me to give it? Yep. So then the vessel. The vessel is designed unto honor. And as even as it has been stated in the previous prophetic word, allowing the potter to shape, allowing the potter to form, then allowing the potter to fire, then allowing the potter to glaze, then allowing the potter to fire again. And as you follow me, says the Lord, as you obey me, you will be a vessel unto honor, and I will get what I desire for a hub in this region. And even out from this place, many will go. And there's much to do ahead. And my structure is set, but what I see and what I know for those who will, will obey, you will advance as you connect and root within where I've placed you from glory to glory to glory to glory. There has been success. There has been lower levels of glory manifested. And there has been some success concerning the kingdom of God, concerning my works within the earth. But within this body, with those who will humble themselves under my mighty hand, I will exalt you in due time. And the influence that you thought was great till this point will become greater and greater and greater. And not just in the area of ministry by itself, not just in the, in the area of church by itself as we know it, the gathering together of those saints, not just by the, the glory advancing and the advancement of the kingdom within the fivefold ministry gifts. Yes, that will happen too. But there are those sitting here thinking to themselves, what shall I do? But the Lord says this, my glory will rest upon those in the workforce. My my glory will rest upon those and increase in those who own businesses, in government, in teaching, in the medical field, in the financial realms, in all realms. For those who will yield, for those who will listen, for those who will humble themselves and follow the instruction given, great days are ahead. Even as obedience takes place, some of the physical things that have come against you <laughs> are going to dissolve. So I'll encourage you with this, and this is just me sensing the Spirit of God. I'm, I've stepped out now out of that place of the, the prophecy, but I'll encourage you with this from the teaching standpoint. Get with God. Get with God. Hear from Him. Get involved where you're planted in your church. Participate in the things that the leadership has felt that the Lord wanted to be done. Cut off and remove the excesses. Oh, the blessing of the Lord that's coming. The multiplication. In Jesus' name. Altar care, if you'd come. If anybody needs prayer, if you haven't received Jesus, we want to make that available this morning. You can come and uh, talk with the altar care. How many received from the Lord this morning? Come on. <laughs> well, we, we, guys, seriously, I love you. I love God more, but I love you. And how many want to do this? Let's get her done. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.